You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 647 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Tuesday evening into Wednesday morning, and the Atlanta Hawks went down to Miami and fell by a final score of 112-97. We will spend most of the podcast talking about the game that happened on Tuesday, the second night of a back-to-back for the Hawks, but the lead story... It's pretty clearly Trey Young on this night, despite the fact that he did not play a whole lot in this game. That's because he suffered an injury. Uh, he went down early in the second quarter with what the Hawks announced as a right ankle sprain. There was uh, plenty of video of this. It, it looked worse than it was, I think, based on what's the takeaway at this point in time. It's still very, very early in, on this. Adrian Wojnarowski Adrian at ESPN first reported the x-rays were negative. That's been confirmed now by the Hawks. They've now announced that. And Lloyd Pierce also said the same thing after the game. Um, Woj went on to say, though, that there is, quote, optimism that this isn't a serious injury, end quote, but Young will be having an MRI in the near future. Um, no no surprise that Pierce didn't have anything terribly new uh, from there. Again, he, he confirmed that the x-rays were negative on Trey Young, which is clearly a good thing. Um, my overarching take here is that I am not in um, I, I am not in Miami. I am not a doctor, and until people tell me something that I, I think is actionable, I don't really have a projected timeline. Unequivocally, the news from Woj, who's obviously very reliable and has good sources, is a good sign. Um, you know, but whatever your, your definition of not serious actually is, for instance, the Hawks play again on Thursday against Miami um, with you know, it's back in Atlanta. Even if Trey is miraculously healed, I said this on Twitter um, during the game, but you know, ankle sprains are notoriously tricky in some instances. You know, for instance, last year John Collins had an ankle sprain that kept him out for a long, long time at the outset of the season. Also, Bruno Fernando had an ankle sprain a couple days ago that he basically did not even miss any time. He was he missed part of the uh, game that he was removed from and then played in the next game about 45 hours later. So there's a lot of wiggle room here in terms of prognosis. Again, the early signs are positive, and that's a very, very good thing for the Hawks. But uh, I'm not going to try to guess on actual timelines for Trey Young coming back. I will say, though, that after Thursday, they have four days off uh, before they play again on Tuesday. So even if he is you know, close to healthy and things are sort of miraculous in the way that it actually ends up, there's really no incentive to push him to play Thursday because they have four days off. If you can give him, you know, six full days off, that'd probably be a good thing. Even if he was healthier than you might expect at this point in time, that's the one thing that I will say about this. But you know, we'll see as more information comes out. The MRI results will be telling in a lot of ways, and also how the ankle responds. It could swell up, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll keep an eye on this. Clearly, in the next you know day or two, I will. Uh, I'm planning to have a podcast in the next day or two, um, in advance of that game on Thursday, and then after it as well. So I will do my best to keep you updated. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at bt roll and follow um, Peace Hoops as well. And we will have this covered from every angle possible in the next couple of days. But for now, it's a waiting game and, uh, you know, tricky ankle, ankle injuries. But, you know, on the bright side, the early news is very positive about Trey Young. So that was the backdrop of this game. Clearly the number one thing that happened in this contest. We're still going to talk about the game as we always do here. But that was the top line thought that I wanted to make sure people had an understanding of before we dive into the rest of the contest. Um, switching gears to the game itself. No real news other than that. So that's kind of a, you know 
an easy day in some respects, except except for the injury stuff now that's popping up. Uh, Evan Turner did, did miss this game as well, putting the Hawks in an even weirder position. Um, it is worth noting that Evan Turner only played 18 minutes in the two games combined before this, so it's you know it wasn't as if he had a huge hole in the rotation. But without Young, that was another guy that could have handled the ball and played some more minutes that he was unavailable with, and it was some left Achilles pain here. And still minutes limit stuff for Kevin Herter and DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. Herter's obviously the most prominent of those at a 20-minute limit. The Hawks didn't push that in this game. Herter, um, you know, played up to that, played played 19 minutes or so. But, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes looking ahead. The Heat were favored in this game by eight points. You know, the end result of this contest without Young is kind of misleading in some ways. The Hawks were pretty competitive for parts of this game. Um, Once Young left the game, they were, you know, obviously outmanned in a big way, but they did a decent job, I thought, being competitive and being, you know, sort of fighting all the way to the end. Lloyd Pierce commended them for doing that. They were just not really able to generate the kind of offense that you're going to need to do in order to win on the road against a pretty solid team in the Heat. So, going from the top, as I usually would, in this game, you know, it's interesting. Early on, there were some nice moments, and I think the highlight of the first quarter was John Collins, who had a quartet, that is four, threes in the first nine minutes of this game. He tied his career high for threes in the first nine minutes of a game. And that's career high for a game, not a quarter, but a game. So that was that was definitely the highlight. He also had a nice uh, rotation block at the rim. He was the big star for the Hawks in this game. We'll talk more about him later. But uh, that was definitely the thing to circle in the first quarter was the play of John Collins. He actually played a lot longer than he had, than he had been. I've been talking about this in the last few games, but Collins has been coming out of the game early in the, in the first quarter, then coming back in and kind of doing this stagger thing with Trey Young because I presumably because he had it going in the first quarter. This is before Young was injured. They just kind of let Collins go, and that was probably a smart idea considering he had it, he really had it going with his jump shot and really his entire four game in this game. So they let him play more than normal in the first quarter. Um, finally set with about two minutes left on the Miami side, Jimmy. Butler um, came back and I guess debuted the season for uh, Miami in this game. Uh, you know he wasn't incredible, but he had 12 points in the early going. Finished with 21 points. He was definitely a big part of Miami playing well and taking care of business in the game the way they did. Um, Kevin Herter had the ball in his hands more, I thought, in this game. Even before Trey Young left the game, he was the first backup point guard that they used in the absence of Turner. They did go to Bembry after uh, after Young went down to start the second half, um, but a lot of that was probably because of the fact that Herter was unavailable in terms of the minutes limit and all that stuff. But we'll obviously have plenty, plenty of minutes to go around if Trey is, actually misses any time here. A pretty quiet game for Trey Young, at least a quiet quarter in the first quarter by his standards. Recently, he didn't score in the first quarter. He did, he did, he did come out in the second quarter and actually score five quick points on a quick layup on the first possession and then a deep three before he actually went down with about 10 minutes to go in the second quarter. He rolled the ankle um, and after that was immediately helped to the locker room just for reference. Uh, there was no, I mean, he, he, laid on, he lay on the ground for a while. He seemed to be in some serious pain um, and was helped to the locker room, which of course added to a little bit of the drama element there. And again, hopefully that's uh, not as serious as it could have looked on uh, on the video that I was able to see. Um, after that, though, now that we've already talked about Trey, at least for a while here, uh, Tyler Hero had an explosive quarter for the uh, Heat. The Hawks just couldn't stop him. He had 19 points in the second quarter, um, second time in his young career. One, one was in the preseason still, but that, that Hero just kind of exploded against the Hawks in a small sample setting, and uh, that ended up being a pretty prescient and pretty determinative um, stretch from the uh, Heat in this game. In fact, Miami won an 11-0 run at one point to go up by 12 points. The Hawks didn't score for more than five minutes in the second quarter. Uh, That is, uh, you know, part of that was 
just not having Young out there and the offense being dis- disjointed. But the team had only nine points in the first about eight and a half minutes after Young got injured. Some shock factor there, I'm sure, just kind of being without the guy who runs their offense for the most part. But that was probably the reason why, I would say the biggest reason why the Hawks were not able to get closer in this game was because of that stretch. Um, the rest of the game, after that sort of settled in, after the 11-0 run, the Hawks basically played the Heat even the rest of the way. It was just the fact that they had that second quarter downswing in the immediate aftermath of Young's injury that kind of swung this game. There was a nice left-handed dunk from Jabari Parker that sort of stopped from bleeding a little bit. But, yeah, not not too much there. The Hawks did hang tough for the most part. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. The offense really sputtered, and uh, that was the, re- the biggest reason why they were not able to overcome the absence of Young and get back into the game. Um, Bembry, as I mentioned before, started the second half. The Hawks scored, just for the reference point here, the Hawks scored 33 points in the first 14 minutes. That's before Trey Young exited. In the next 16 minutes, so a longer period of time, they scored 22 points. So, uh, yeah, that tells a lot of the story. Damian Jones played for the first time in the entire game in the third quarter. That was weird. And they went to Bruno Fernando early on. You know, all 13 guys ended up playing for the Hawks. And they all ended up playing before the game got into any part of garbage time. It was really some real minutes for all 13 guys. You know, part of that's young, but still, uh, they were a very, very deep bench team in this contest, including Ty Wallace, who debuted for the Hawks in this contest. Um, I'm a Ty Wallace supporter, but, you know, he played 14 minutes, had some moments. We'll talk about him later, but he got his debut here. Damian Jones just hit his first career three. He actually never attempted a three before the season in a regular season game. He did make a couple in the preseason, but uh, in terms of regular season games that count, this is, the, this is Jones' first three of his career, and uh, shouts to Damian Jones for that. There was a uh, the highlight of the play, sorry, the highlight of the second half for the Hawks, and in terms of a one-play basis, was the Cam Reddish dunk on Tyler Hero. He had a rip through to the baseline, dunked hard on Tyler Hero, made national waves on that one. Uh, for my money, that was the most explosive play that he's had offensively and in his very short career to this point in time. Um, it's definitely encouraging. I'm on record as saying I think Reddish is a little bit overrated as an athlete, but that was a very, very nice play. Uh, pretty explosive there. Offensively, he did struggle in this game, but that was it was good to see him sort of flash that kind of quick twitch that he hasn't really put on film a whole lot offensively this season. Um, from there, the Hawks had a couple of moments where they actually threatened in the fourth quarter. They got the lead down to 13 with about eight minutes to go. It went back to went back to 18 for Miami, and at that point, I thought it was actually going to be probably over at that point. But um, a 6-0 run in less than a minute to get back into the game, make it uh, interesting with about five minutes left. Then they had back-to-back dunks from Parker and Collins to get back within 11 with four minutes to go. Uh, Collins almost finished an unbelievable lob that would have cut it to nine. Uh, he wasn't able to finish that one. It, would have, it was not his fault. It was kind of a bad pass. And then Bembry uh, had a sort of backbreaking miss layup at pretty much end of the game. Uh, a bad sort of what I, what I would describe as woeful miss at the rim in transition that would have cut the game, cut the lead to two single digits. And then from there, it was all Miami. The Hawks just kept fouling in a lot of ways. And some of those were um, not great calls. I thought the Hawks got a pretty brutal whistle in the game. Um, it probably didn't determine the outcome based on the fact that it was a 15-point game by the end. But uh, not a favorable whistle for the Hawks, including a bunch of three-shot fouls. Tyler Hero took, um, I believe it was fouled on four different threes, took 16 free throws. I know Tyler Hero is kind of crafty, but the Heat attempted 45 free throws in this game. 16 for Hero, 10 for Bam Adebayo, 15 for Jimmy Butler. Uh, you know, some of that was their craft, but some of that was just some uh, unfriendly whistling in favor of the Hawks. And, you know, the rookies were fouling a lot, too. A lot of fouls from Hunter and Fernando in particular in, in the second half. Just a lot of fouls in general, you know. Five fouls for Reddish, five for Hunter, four for Collins, five for Parker, three for, for Fernando. Just a lot of fouls up and down the roster. And that made, made for kind of an ugly watching, watching experience in the second half. So, you know, all that to say, the offense, as I said before, was the reason the Hawks lost this game. A 94.1 offensive rating. That is quite bad. Um, you know, 
when Young when Young was playing, it was actually pretty solid. It wasn't incredible in the first in the first quarter, but still it was fairly effective. The Hawks did score 26 points and were you know, that was their best offensive quarter until the fourth, which is basically all garbage time for the most part in terms of just the offense and the way that it was mucking it up. It was still relative, relatively competitive, but a lot more disjointed, more of a free flowing game in the first three quarters. And the Hawks just, just, they just they just weren't great offensively. That's not a big surprise. Trey Young is the offensive engine, and if, if you take him off the court. That will do wonders to submarine the team. You know, the Hawks were still minus four with Young on the court, but they were minus 11 with him off the court. That is a normal story for this Hawks team. And offensively, it's just night and day from when he's on the on the floor when he's off. Defensively, they weren't great. It wasn't awful. They had a 108.6 defensive rating. I mentioned the free throws. A ton of free throws allowed. You're just going to lose if that happens most of the time. But they, but they did generate 28 turnovers from Miami. 28 turnovers is a lot of turnovers to still be winning my, winning my 15 points. Kind of a disjointed game in that way, but Miami got to their spots. You know, Butler was, you know, Butler in a lot of ways. Hero had the uh, the scalding hot stretch, and then Goran Dragic played pretty well as well for Miami. And and Bam was just kind of held under wraps for the most part, which is probably pretty good from the Hawks. But I do think the defense was not terrible. The offense was uh, a little bit shaky, of course, and uh, some of the three point defense uh, regressed a little bit here. Miami shot thirteen of thirty one from three. They were probably due for a little bit, a little bit of that were the Hawks. But in general, the defense was not the problem. It was the offense in this game, um, which is something that I, you know, was not prepared to say a ton going into the season. But if you take Young away, this team is suddenly probably better defensively than, than they are offensively. So worth pointing that out as well. All right, after a short break, we will come back talk about the individual players in this game. So hold on tight. All right, and we're back talking about the individual players in this game. We'll go to the bench first. I said earlier, I think erroneously, that uh, the Hawks played 13 guys in this game. They only had 12 active players, so they played everyone that was active, and normally that's 13 guys, but today they only had 12 active with the absence of Evan Turner, so that's my my apologies on that. They played 12 guys in this game. Uh, Damian Jones played eight minutes. to uh, that, was the, that was the team low. Um, he had three points. Again, I said before, he made his first three. Didn't do a whole lot else. It did have a steal and a block, which is good to see from Damian Ty Wallace made his debut with 14 minutes. 1 of 2 from the floor, 4 of 6 from the free throw line, had 3 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal. He was very active. That's kind of the game that Ty Wallace plays. Uh, he was in there in some not great circumstances, I would say, um, kind of just flying around and doing what he could do. The jump shot's the problem with Ty Wallace if you're new listener to the program or maybe missed the podcast where I talked about the uh, Hawks claiming him on waivers. Wallace is someone who does a lot of things well. Shooting is not one of them, so that's one thing that the Hawks are going to want to see. You know, if by the way, if Trey Young is going to miss any length of time, I would imagine that they will call up Brandon Goodwin. Um, that's just some guessing on my part, but that's the reason to have Goodwin, honestly, on the two-way contract. At least the biggest reason, I would say. And also, you have Wallace, who's been a point guard in his past. Clearly, the Hawks would still use multiple ball handlers as they did in this entire game. They, they're still going to use Kevin Herter. They're going to use Evan Turner. They're going to use Bembry, maybe even Reddish occasionally. And But you also have Wallace, and you have Goodwin. You have other options. None of, none of these guys is Trey Young, but uh, worth pointing that out just in case people were wondering what they might do if Trey is going to miss you know any length of time. Um, to, to, to the rest of the bench here, Bruno Fernando didn't play a ton, but 12, 12 minutes, 3 points, 3 rebounds, a steal, and a block shot. He was pretty active. I thought he played pretty well in a small period of time. Jabari Parker at 23 minutes, 5 of 11 from the floor, 1 of 5 from 3, 12 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 steals for Jabari. Three turnovers and five fouls. You know, defensively he had some shaky moments as he's often uh, want to do. But a couple, you know, a bunch of dunks, at least three, maybe even four dunks from Jabari. 
uh, in this game, so he was at least flying around being active. I think his burst has been pretty good this season so far. I think he looks more athletic than he had in the past as, he, as, he, as he's still trying to get healthier out, out after the couple of knee injuries that he's had. And I do, I do think that kind of being in the system that the Hawks have with Emory Healthcare, Chelsea Lane, all that stuff has been good for Jabbar. He looks pretty good athletically, in my opinion. But you know, still, it's still a hot and cold day, but some nice moments from Parker. Vince Carter, 18 minutes, 3 of 8 from the floor, 1 of 6 from 3. It's just kind of off night for Vince. That's his biggest thing offensively that he contributes really is his floor spacing. So he's going to have to make shots, but he was okay other than the uh, shaky shooting. And then Kevin Herter, 19 minutes, 2 of 6 from the floor, 1 of 4 from 3. 3 of 4 from the free throw line, 3 assists, 3 rebounds, a steal, and 8 points for Herter. I thought he was more assertive at times. Um, you know, with if, with Young out, I would have liked to see him be even more assertive. Obviously, the minutes restriction is going to hold him back a little bit from getting his legs under him to some degree. He gave some pretty pretty positive comments to Sarah Spencer of the AJC before the game about his health status. He, he says he's feeling good. That's a good thing, of course, for Herter, and we'll see how much he's able to play in the future. He's another guy that if you circle the six the six game, sorry, the one game in six days thing that's going to be happening right now for the Hawks, that might allow him to ramp it up a little bit, actually practice, and maybe get his minutes restriction raised to a more uh, optimal level. That's something to keep an eye on there for Kevin Herter. Uh, to the starting lineup, uh, obviously, Trey Young, 11 minutes, uh, was the lowest one of those guys. Uh, he, he played reasonably well, I thought, before he got injured. No reason to really dive in too deep to that. He wasn't as prolific as a scorer as he's been in the past, uh, in, at least in the recent past, but two, had, had two assists, uh, two rebounds, a steal, and five points in his 11 minutes. Alex Len was fairly quiet, four points, four rebounds, two assists, was minus 20, a game worst, minus 20 in 18 minutes. He's just not been playing all that well, honestly. Not jarringly terrible from Lynn in this game, but two more missed threes. He doesn't really have that going right now. Had had four block shots, which is worth pointing out because that's that's a pretty impressive stat in a lot of ways. But just in a not not nothing like that was necessarily glowing from Alex Lynn. Uh, Downry Hunter. 28, 28 minutes, 2 of 8 from the floor, 0 of 3 from 3, one of his least efficient games offensively, and a bunch of fouls that had some bad times in the second half. Was like Kind of like a rookie at times in the second half, I would say. Four points, three rebounds, two assists, and two steals. He was still active defensively. I thought played okay on the end of the floor, just didn't make some uh, executions that you would want to see. But, you know, Hunter, he, he's going to have better days for sure. This is one of his weaker performances so far in his limited Hawks career, but no, uh, no shade intended with that. Reddish was uh, 2 of 10 from the floor, 0 of 5 from 3, so the two rookies combined for 4, 18, 4 of 18 and 0 of 8 from 3. That's a little bit shaky, of course. Reddish did have 6 assists. In fact, I thought he sh- I thought he saw the ball, saw the game very well with the ball in his hands here. If you're looking for an offensive uptick from Reddish, that's probably it. I thought he, uh, you know, as a passer, was seeing the ball very well. Did have a lot of turnovers, though. 6 turnovers to lead the team. It's, uh, you know... Cam's difficult to discuss because defensively, I think he's ahead of schedule. Uh, offensively, he's been really rough. I will say, you know, there's there's some nice moments, and particularly particularly as a passer. And I said before, the dunk over her, uh, over Hero was really really nice from Reddish. But on a play in play out basis, offensively, he's uh, he's he's a negative right now, which is okay. Uh, he's very young and very talented, but you know, the turnovers were there, the assists were there as well. A couple of nice finds. I, I remember one that he had to Bruno Fernando for a dunk that was very very nice to see him sort of engineering that, taking advantage of the defender, setting him up, and then dropping off to. Fernando for an easy bucket. That's the stuff that Reddish is capable of doing. He's just got a long way to go, and the efficiency is just not going to be there for a while for Cam. But still had three steals by good defense, and uh, yeah, hot and cold, but generally okay. And then finally, John Collins was definitely the number one player of the night for Atlanta. 30 points, seven rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block, and a good friend of good friend of the program, Tower Jones, thought that he had at least more than that. I have not looked uh, just yet to see if that was accurate or not. I think he, he definitely felt more active than one steal, one block. I tweeted this early on in the game, but Collins has been, has been so much more active in this season defensively, making a lot more plays. 
He famously did not really was not really creating any blocks and steals last season for much of the year. This year, that's not the case at all. He has a block. He has at least one block in all four games so far. Last year, he had 39 blocks in 61 games. He's on pace to shatter that mark this this time around. So the defense is you know it's not all about blocks and steals, but it's good to see his activity, particularly on the help side as a shot blocker. It's really been there in a way that it wasn't for most of last season. Also, his seventh career 30 point game. Collins was just very good. The jump shot as well was. I think if you want to circle one thing on this on this night. It probably wasn't the defense. It was okay. The jump shot, though, 5 of 8 from 3, a career high from three-point range. He he just shot the ball very confidently and very smoothly. The jumper has come a long way in a relatively short short period of time. We thought it was going to be at least a a decent weapon this year, but uh, the fact that he was able to turn that on and kind of just pour it on a little bit from from that range is pretty encouraging even in a relatively small sample here. Did have seven rebounds and four assists as well. If anything, I would have wanted to see him play more uh, more as a primary guy, honestly. There were times in the second half, particularly, that I wanted the Hawks to get the ball to Collins more as a number one option. You know, it's, it's, it feels weird to say that on a night when he had 30 points. But only, only 17 shot attempts. It wasn't like he was, uh, you know, over and away the number one option in terms of usage. Of course, he, had, he led the team in scoring by a lot. But... Honestly, they, they probably could have used him more, honestly, which is kind of crazy to say. But if you watch the game, I think you'll probably see what I'm talking about. There could have been more night, more, particularly with Young off the court. He's just far and away the best option offensively, particularly with with Herder limited. That uh, Collins could have been used more. But anyway, he played great in this game. Lloyd Pierce had some nice has some nice things to say about John and his development as a pick and pop guy in this game. You know, they've been talking. To get, he talked about getting him in the pick and roll and having some trouble getting um, him free so far this season. But the pick and pop really had it going here. If he's going to be able to make that shot consistently, then and uh, he's really, really tough to guard, and we uh, saw that in full display in this game. So uh, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We will definitely have more in the future. I have, I have plans for a potential guest on Wednesday, and if, if something happens with Trey, I'll probably do an addendum to that. And then Thursday, I actually have to travel for a programming note here. I have to, I have to travel Thursday, and, we'll, and I'll be out of town all weekend. I will make a way to record a podcast after the game on Thursday. I'm not really sure what the sound quality is going to be like or how it's going to be, but I will I will have a podcast after the game Thursday, and then I'll be out of town for the weekend from there. So look ahead to that. Subscribe to the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast one more time. Subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, tell a friend, and we'll see everybody on Wednesday. <laughs>